How do you unlock your full potential of influence and create lasting change? I'm your co-host, Dave Donaldson. Along with your other co-host, Scott Young, welcome to the Influencers Podcast. Join us each week for inspirational stories and strategies from leaders, experts, and professionals around the globe. We want to see you get equipped and empowered to make an impact that resounds from your neighborhood to the nations. While you listen, if you enjoy our content, we would love for you to subscribe and have the opportunity to tune in to future podcasts. Just hit the subscription button. Even more importantly, we'd like to invite you to be part of our team by helping us to share the message and continue to bring more and exciting guests onto the program. These guests help us to grow in our influence, your five-star rating and personal written review, which we look forward to reading will help us to move forward. You can also follow us at the Influencers Podcast Official on all social media channels to stay up to date, to hear more inspiring content, and to unlock your full potential as an influencer. What a great joy to be on the Influencers Podcast with the amazing Scott Wilson today. Our co-host, Dave Donaldson, he's out on assignment, changing the world somehow increasing people's leadership capacity and influencing, but we have a guest that is so worth listening to. Scott Wilson has been an amazing leader in the Dallas area, but not just in Dallas, really around the world. For over 30 years, he has pastored in a local church called the Oaks Church, a thriving local ministry with a global impact. He's really served thousands and thousands of people in that church and sent out hundreds of leaders, both nationally and internationally. He has uh, really dedicated himself lately to increasing and helping other leaders increase their leadership abilities. He started an initiative called the Father's Initiative. The Father's Initiative helps to raise up spiritual fathers and mothers, really visionary leaders who are dedicated to influencing the next generation and helping leaders. And he's founded Ready, Set, Grow, a ministry that helps churches break through barriers to go to the next level. He's written a lot of books. I like them. The ones I've read, I like them. I haven't read them all, but the ones I read, I like. He's a speaker, uh, conference speaker. I've been in conferences where he has spoken. He is always inspirational always educational, speaks on personal growth, spiritual growth, organizational growth, I guess mostly growth. He has a wife, Jenny. She is the secret sauce to his life. She holds things together. They've been married since 1990. He's got three sons, two daughters-in-law, Dylan, Holly, Hunter, Emily, and Dakota. So we have Scott Wilson, Scott Young. We have Scott times two today. It's probably too many Scots for one program. But here we are. And Scott, I am so glad to welcome you to the Influencers Podcast because you really are an influencer. Thanks for joining us. Oh, man. Us. I am so honored to be on here with you. You are the best. I'm telling you, just hearing your voice on here just makes me happy. I'm telling you that. <laughs> hey, you've been through uh, quite a year sort of of transition as you have been leading the Oaks church and then passing the baton. You've become the global uh, pastor now. Take us through what's happened in that transition and and the, sort of the story, the background to it and, and what you're doing now. Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of crazy. You know, I've been here at the church 
since I was 19 years old, <laughs> 32 years and uh, 20 years you know, ago, my dad uh, transitioned out to do education. You know, he started a charter mm -hmm. school. Now my brother runs that over 5,000 students. You know that, Scott, yeah. you've been here, you've seen yeah. it. And uh, it's pretty cool. But this year, this last year, God put in my heart that uh, my time as lead pastor was done. And really the way that happened, it's kind of weird because I'm only 51. So this is when I'm 49, you know, this starts coming to my heart. And the way it is, is God tells me who's supposed to follow in me. It, it was Chris and Kara Rayleigh. You yeah. know Chris and Kara, don't great you? Great people, great people. Aren't they great? They're, yeah. you know, the the head of CMN, Church Multiplication Network, for seven years. And I think most, uh, you know, but Chris and Kara were on staff with us 13 years ago for three years doing our school of ministry. And then we planted a church with them in Mesquite for three years. And then they went up to Springfield to take that position uh, doing church planting. So God spoke to my heart and said, he's the one. So it wasn't like, hey, you know, it's time to transition as much as it was. That's the guy you're transitioning to. And yeah. I'm going, well, that guy's 42 years old, God. You know, yeah. that's not that's kind of the time when you start, not not wait 10 more years, because I had in my mind I'd I'd probably transition early at 60. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, God said, no, it's, it, 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 you're right. It's the right age. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, then he's not going to be the right age when I'm 60. He's going to be 52. He said, I know it's right now because <laughs> dads don't make decisions based on when they're ready as much as they make decisions based on when their sons are ready. Right. It's good. And uh, I go, wow, that, okay, cool. So what am I, you know, what am I doing? And I'd sense that the Lord had really been tugging on my heart about, you know, this spiritual fathering and, and Jenny as well, my wife, spiritual mothering, this apostolic spiritual fathering feel. And, and we had been training up people. I mean, we had over 500 going to full-time pastoral mm -hmm. ministry because Southwestern's right here. Christ the nation's right here. So many interns and people in our school of ministry. So that was in our heart and 22 churches we had planted. And so there was just this pull to work with pastors and leaders and to, to help in the, in multiplying that. And so that's what the Lord spoke to us to do is to start that. And what's great about it is the church board here, when I went and talked to them, they said, well, we want to be like Antioch in the book of Acts. We want to have it where God's spoken to us to set you and Jenny aside, you know, apart and yeah. send you out just like Paul and Barnabas, how they did it. And, and you guys be part of the church. So they didn't want to call me apostolic spiritual father. That seemed awkward. So we just went with global pastor. <laughs> but like you that. really are a leader of leaders whoever you define the word apostolic you are a leader of leaders and it's been just watching from the the cheap seats where i sit it's been a really healthy a transition and uh, I, I guess other leaders that may be feeling a tug what kind of advice would you give to maybe a business leader uh, a community leader some other leaders a pastoral leader that you've learned through this experience of transition that has made your transition effective and successful yeah you know chris and kara are doing amazing so uh, cheap seats close expensive seats whatever seat you're in i'm telling you they're doing incredible everything is going well. And, uh, you know, I think the number one thing that fixes all transitions is having the right person. So that's great. But, uh, in the, in, in that sense though, 
I think that, you know, we've got it wrong in our mind to think that just one day we're going to wake up and we're ready to transition. We mm -hmm. may be tired or we may be psychologically or emotionally overwhelmed and think, my gosh, I can't do this anymore. But that's not really the way you want to think in a baton handing off moment and a relay. I mean, guys are running at full speed when they hand the baton, not like barely making it into that passing uh, space, you know, so. Man, the, the thing that's been in my heart is back when I was in my 20s, God just began to deal with me as I saw people older than me, my dad and, and others of age struggling with the transition. And I saw them struggling mm -hmm. in three areas. They struggled with money. They didn't have any money. They couldn't make a transition if they wanted to. The yeah. average age in the Assembly of God, our fellowship yep. of a senior pastor these days is 61. And that may not seem that old as I'm getting close to it, except for that means half of the pastors are yeah. older than that, you know, yeah. to make that average. So I think money is a big deal that I started thinking, man, I got to save up for retirement. So the first five raises I got, I just started putting in retirement and didn't change my lifestyle because I said, I'm not going to be at a place where God tells me to make a move. And I'm saying, I don't have money to do it. Mm -hmm. The second thing was purpose. In other words, if my whole purpose is wrapped up with the mic in my hand and me preaching or me having the title or me having the parking place or the the office or being the guy, then I'm going to have a hard time handing it off. You don't consistently act or live in a way that is inconsistent with how you gain self-worth. So if my self-worth is with the mic in my hand, I'm doing the preaching, it's going to be hard to hand it off to somebody else. But so then the purpose of my life became to raise up others to be successful in their calling, not to raise up others to help me be successful, you know, in my yeah, calling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was my purpose and that could live on and that transition could actually be part of my purpose and calling. And the third is marriage because I think, and that's what, that's the one that I think caught me off guard the most is, is that I go, man, I'm either growing closer together with my wife and doing ministry and life and our calling, or we're growing apart and we're both growing, but are we growing together? Or are we growing in different directions? And so part of what I did is in my twenties, I started going to counseling 20 something years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess 25 years ago, so it was late 20s, that Jenny and I started going to counseling every other week for two hours. We'd go for an hour as a married couple, and then I'd go for an hour, and they'd tell me all the stuff I was missing the first hour, you know, and I'd get <laughs> <laughs> But I think that helped us in planning through this the seasons of life, you know, and having teenage kids or having little kids, teenage kids, then the empty nest, and and now moving into this transition. I don't think I would have done it well, or we would have done it well, if we want to talk it through. Sometimes a lot of ladies, Scott, I don't know if you see this, but they're having a hard time transition because maybe the guy is the lead pastor and he's worn out and he's going, man, I got to make this transition. She's going, man, I've yep. already been raising all these kids. I just now got into the place where I get to do this, right? you know, and now you're pulling me out and I don't really have a say. And so I think those are areas that I tried early on so that I had a stewardship mindset, not an ownership mindset, which meant I don't own this church. I don't own these people. I don't own this staff. I don't own this office. I, I am a steward. Every one of us listening right now, no matter what position we're in, we're in an interim position. Yeah. We're going to transition someday and we might as well plan for it. And so that's kind of the thoughts that I had of as I was moving forward that when God told me it was still hard, you know, and I had to have a meet we, uh, both times with me and my dad. And now with me and Chris, we had a mediator come in to help us a consultant who helped us a year before and a year after and all the way through it because it's just an emotional deal you got to have somebody who's helping you both sides 
to, to make the transition and, and to do it wisely. So that, that's kind of the, the thoughts I have is, is in moving towards it. You know, I've, I've heard you tell a story, maybe it was a dream yeah. of standing on the shoulders. You have, you have some, you know, it's an amazing oh. leadership family. Your, your dad, your, your mother is, inc- you know, your mother, I had a birthday a couple of weeks ago. Do you know who sent me a present? Your mother, no, uh, Scott. You didn't send me anything. You didn't even know it was uh, my birthday. But your your mother. But my Linda, mom did. Your mother, she did. She sent it special delivery with some special friends, and she took care of me on my birthday. So I hope she hears oh this. Oh my gosh! And I hope she hears that we just know she's the incredible strength behind you. But you talk about standing on the shoulders yeah. of people that have gone before you, and it's yeah, really you an know incredible what dream. Yeah, it's this dream in my mid-20s that I had that really shaped my life. So in this dream, so in the middle of the night, I'm having this dream, and uh, I'm preaching to this huge outdoor crusade, you know, and there's all these people out there, and God's touching people and all this. It's just so anointed and awesome, and it's powerful, and and I'm on this elevated platform, and there's this wooden podium in front of me, and from my waist up, you know, people can see me, but from the waist Mm -hmm. down, they can't because the big wooden podium's in the way, and I look down. And instead of standing on the platform, there was a cutout hole behind mm. the podium. And there's uh, my dad standing in that hole. Wow. And I'm standing on his shoulders and his hands are around my ankles and his eyes are shut tight. And his tears coming down. He's praying the spirit wow. for me. And God spoke to me and says, son, to everybody else, it looks like you're standing on a platform you built for yourself. But you're in reality standing on the so shoulders good. of your father. And man, it was so impactful. I said, well, God, what are you telling me? I mean, I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to call mom and dad and thank them for their shoulders and everything they've done and, and are doing for me. But why are you showing me this? And the Lord said, because your life and ministry will not be defined by the platforms you stand on, wow. but by those who stand on the shoulders that you give them. And that they're going to stand on your shoulders. It's about every generation getting bigger and better and stronger. It's about giving your life for those who come behind and just saying, come on, let my ceiling be your floor. And so that became the that basically became the whole focus and vision of everything I wanted to do in life. That my vision was to help others others fulfilled their vision to give my shoulders to them so that every generation bigger, better, and stronger. So how has that influenced the, the father's initiative? And maybe just unpack that so people hear that. And what does that mean if they're desiring to connect with you as a leader or just what does that mean? The father's initiative? Yeah, God, God just began to, to speak to me about father initiative, uh, uh, it was it was the three years ago when the first thought was about church planning. I was at the Church Multiplication Network conference, and Doug Clay, our superintendent, got up and he said, "I want everybody to pray about where you're going to plant your next church." Well, we we're into that. I mean, we planted 22 churches, and I'm going like, "Come on, God, what's the next place?" And God didn't give me a city; He gave me a number. He gave me 50, and I'm going, mm-hmm. "Okay, we're going to plant 50 churches." And then the Lord spoke to my heart and said, "No, I want you to plant 50 churches a year." And I was so troubled, but I was excited and troubled at the same time, not just intimidated by the number, but intimidated by the thought that, man, I don't want to be a machine. I want to be a family. Mm-hmm. It's hard. How do, you, how do you plant 50 churches yeah. and have 50 sons in the Lord or and daughters yeah. and then do it again next year and the next year and have 150? How do you do it? It doesn't work. And so the Lord, I just, it, it was conflicting to me. So we kept praying. And you know what the Lord spoke to us is not to raise up sons and daughters, but to raise up fathers and mothers. Mm-hmm. If we raised up 
mega church pastors, large church pastors with capacity who had a heart to father and mother church planters and to stick with them for life. Man, what if they? What if we poured into them to be fathers and mothers, and then they said, "We're going to plant four churches a, a, a next year, and then we're going to have them as they grow up over the next four, six, eight years, whatever." They're going to plant, so we don't just plant churches; we plant church planting churches. Now we're planting, we're we're starting families, and we're staying together for life. I mean, over half of the churches in Ark, over half the churches in Stadia, over half the churches in CMN don't have any kind of covering, and so. Even if we raised up fathers and mothers who would adopt some of them and just say, hey, we'll take you on and we'll be with you for life. It, that would be incredibly powerful. And so anybody who's a church planter or maybe you planted a church a year or two ago and you're going, man, where do you find one of these dads? Where do you find mm -hmm. one of these moms? Go to fatherinitiative.com, fatherinitiative.com and just put in there, hey, yeah. I want a dad. I want to find something. It's right there. And we'll help you with that. If you're somebody who says, I want to be a spiritual father and mother, go there the same site fatherinitiative.com and tell us hey i want to be a father i want to be a mother and and we'll we'll work with that too because that's what malachi says is going to happen in these days he's turning right. the hearts of fathers back to sons and daughters sons and daughters of fathers why so the spiritual inheritance can be given and churches can start with yeah. a spiritual inheritance instead of having to start from scratch well just listening to you you ooze the passion to pass your life on you realize where you've come from but you're not stopping in this generation you're passing it on to the next generation you've written an incredible book called impact which is really about releasing the power of influence and uh what what brought you to write that book and what are you trying to say to people that may pick that book up well scott you and i both we, we've grown up with john maxwell and how he's talked about leadership as influence, nothing mm -hmm. more, nothing less. And that's a fact. You know how I'll say it like that. And uh, it's true that leadership is influence. I buy into that. But then the thing that I started thinking about is, well, what is influence? And so mm -hmm. I, I just begin to think about that. And I think influence is comes up with, it comes down to two words, respect and relationship. Mm -hmm. In other words, you have influence with somebody when they respect you and that means that they believe that you have competency, that you know what you're doing, and you have character. That means you have no strings attached, care for them, and they can trust you in that. And, and so the, I, can, I call that the, the mechanic principle. Competency and character is, you know, when you're looking for a mechanic, you're going, can I trust them? They know yeah. what they're doing, and they're going to fix what needs to be fixed and nothing more, you know. So if people respect you, that's important. But on the other side, they got to like you. That's mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. And that's built by time and trust. So there's some people I spend time with, I trust them less the more time I'm with them. And so that doesn't work. <laughs> but the more time I spend with someone, if I trust them and I know they have character and competency, then I have respect and relationship. That gives me influence. I think of it as two wings of a plane. You can't have one without the other. If I respect you, but I don't have a relationship with you, then I'll follow you for a minute until I find somebody I like or likes me, and then I respect them. I'm going to go to that leader. If I've got the opposite where I have a relationship with you, but I don't respect you, I'll be your friend, but I don't want you to be my leader. You don't know what you're doing. So the good news of it, I, I wrote the book because there's good news and bad news. The good news is 
relationships are built and respect is earned, which means it's not static. If, if I'm a pastor of a church and I have staff or I have a board, or if I'm a, a businessman or a woman and, and I've got a board and I've got a, a whole team of employees, or if I'm an educator and I am principal or teacher with students, mm-hmm. if I want to have influence in any of those realms, I know that I got to have respect and that can be earned. It's not static. It, it, I mean, it, it, it's dynamic. It can increase. And the same way the relationship can be built. And so I wrote the book because I'm not good at either one. Mm. <laughs> you say, well, then why'd you write the book? Because I've learned how to be good. I'm not gifted at it. I can get good at it. And that's because I created systems and the systems I built to learn how to grow in relationship with people. I've put in the book, the five things I've learned that I'm passing on to help people to know who may not feel like they're natural born leaders, but they want to influence for good. They want to make an impact for the kingdom. They can learn how to build relationship and they can learn how to earn respect. And in doing so, have a greater impact uh, by releasing that power of influence. Yeah, I guess I'd have to beg to differ with you because you are incredibly relationally skilled. You have a high emotional intelligence and to watch you lead leaders uh, I just like to sit in the room and just soak it up. And because of that, I think you've got great respect. There's two other words you've written about or talked about somewhere. I heard this. You've talked about motivation and manipulation, and you have this 100% honesty policy. Yeah. How has that helped in your leadership development? Well, Scott, first of all, thank you for saying that. And and I think that I, I'm not trying to be uh, false humility here is that I do believe I've gotten good at it. <laughs> you, well, you have. That, <laughs> yeah. About relationship seats, and respect. From the cheap <laughs> seats ahead. in Florida, from the cheap seats in Florida, you have. You've done well. Well, thank you. But what I'm looking at is my wife, who's so gifted at it naturally that it just oozes from her. She doesn't even have to try. She's so relational, all that. And my mama, like you said, like that. Those I get so focused on doing the task and I get so focused on making things happen that sometimes I don't value those things as much. And so I've had to create systems to do that. Now, here's the problem is when people create systems, sometimes they go, oh, so you're a manipulator. (laughs) No, uh, manipulation is not a tool. It's a heart. And so uh, a a manipulative person is going to take tools and use them in a manipulative way. Tools are, are are amoral. They're not they're not manipulative or motivating. They're just tools. And so somebody who wants to motivate is somebody. This is what my heart is: is I don't want to just do something that's good for me. If I'm trying to influence other people to go in a certain direction or to do something or to give to something or to give their life to something, I want it to be something that's not just good for me. It's good for them. And in my heart and faith, it's something that has an impact that has eternal impact. And so it's good for the kingdom of God as well. And so that's motivating. Manipulating is when I'm trying to get somebody to do something that's good for me and it's going to be favorable for me, but I'm trying Mm -hmm. to get them to do something that ain't going to be so good for them. This 100% -hmm. honesty policy helps us, oh man, to to just make sure we don't move into manipulative or dishonest or, or even evil or mean or harsh Anything that would get between us and and each other uh, that are on the team. Uh, I I came along, uh, I I came up with this several years ago that uh, I had everybody over 20 years ago in our board 
in our church board and in our staff to sign every single year what I called the honesty policy. And the honesty policy read like this. I promise that I will speak the truth mm-hmm. in love to the last 10% to the right person at the right time in the right way. I will, mm-hmm. t- I will have zero tolerance for gossip. And they had to sign it every single year at the first meeting. And what that meant was if I gave you, if I'm giving you an invitation and at the end of every board meeting, staff meeting, I would end it the same way. Every time I would say, guys, ladies, I'm so thankful for your, uh, your influence. I'm so thankful for your heart. So thankful for your time and for your investment in this organization and the kingdom of God. And I want to thank you for everything you're doing, but I'll tell you right now, God, has already told Jesus already said he's going to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we're going to win and the enemy cannot stand against us except for one thing. If that's it's if he gets in our hearts against each other or if we have problems between us and the Lord. So as long as we keep our hearts pure with the Lord and pure with each other, we are unstoppable. And so I want to make sure right now the honesty policy that if there's anything that's been said tonight, if there's anything that's happened tonight, anything that was done that you feel uncomfortable with or you were hurt by or you have a question about, would you please bring that up now? And then I go around to each individual person and I take my fingers and I, I point them, to, the two fingers to my eyes, to their eyes, where I'm just going, look me in my eyes. Is everything good? Anything you right. need to ask about, talk about, say anything? And then I go around the room, each person, and let them share anything they want to share. That way, if there was anything that was confusing, anything that that people may have taken the wrong way, or or maybe I said something or somebody in the room said something that was offensive or wrong, we can clean it up and get it fixed. What I find so many times is I've been in board meetings and we're talking about something and it blows up and the emotional bomb that's going off in the room is way bigger than what the issue is at hand. And what I find is that's because we hadn't been cleaning things up for the last uh, multiple months and it's all piled in here all at once. So if we clean it up each time, if we manage with an honesty policy to keep our hearts pure with each other and to make sure we're getting things right each time, then the problem can be the problem. The issue can be the issue and our hearts are pure and we're working together to discover what God wants us to do. And we're not carrying on a fence. I think that helps us to keep our, uh, our relationships strong. Uh, and just listening, you just ooze what our listeners have tuned into this podcast to hear leadership, influence, and really what Jesus asks us to be light in a dark world that you're yes. shining and that people are seeing it before we, before we transition to the end, I just want you to tell people about how to connect with you. Uh, the ready, set, grow university, the materials mm-hmm. that, that we've only scratched the surface today. And there's so much more that you have. How do people connect with that? Yeah. Just go to Scott Wilson leaders with an S Scott Wilson And by the way, because I'm on with you, Scott and Dave, I already told Dave when I was coming on, I said, I want to give everybody my new book, Impact, the one we're talking about for free. I want to oh give it to God. everybody. Wow. So if you go to scottwilsonleaders.com, uh, it, right there, it'll have it where you can just get the book for free. Just give me your address on there and let me know where to mail it to you. 
and we'll get it to you for free. All you need to do is help me with the shipping. If you help me, I think it's $6.99, something like that on there. If you help me with the shipping, I'll get the book to you for free. It's a $20 book. But on top of that, there's a masterclass there of 12 different videos that I go through every chapter, helping you to apply every chapter in your business, in your home, with your family, with your neighbors, with your friends, and every way. And so if you want to get that, you can get that. Uh, that has a cost to it. But then there's another thing right after that, right when you check out, you're going to get 30 days for free on our Ready, Set, Grow University. So and nice. Ready, Set, Grow University is a platform that I built, Scott, because people would come up to me all the time and say, hey, do you think you could be a spiritual father to me? Or do you think you could mentor or consult me? And every time I want to say yes, no matter what stage somebody's in, I always want to say yes, but I can't do it with everyone in that way. So what I did is I said, I'm going to create a platform where I can say yes to everybody. And every single month, I'm going to put on their master classes that teach about all the leadership all the spiritual, all the personal life stuff, all of the things that I think are helping uh, pastors and leaders and marketplace leaders. And so it's on there every single month, ways to, and leading your team, leading a church, leading your marketplace, leading your personal life. Uh, it has sermons on there and series that people can use and, and look at and gain strength from. And so you're going to get that for 30 days for free and just check it out. You can and, and if you check it out and say, hey, this isn't for me, you can just uh, unsubscribe or otherwise it'll just keep going and you can subscribe. And there's a cost that goes on there. But I'm telling you, people are on there telling me how much of a game changer it is for them and their team. So I want to give that to everybody for free. Just go to scottwilsonleaders.com and you can get that right now. Uh, so good. We should have led with that at the beginning. It could have been a teaser that if they listened, we had something free to give away, but it's out now. scottwilsonleaders.com. I want to thank you, Scott, for being part of the Influencers Podcast and giving us the the, the time that you've shared with us. It's been a great blessing. And, and thank you for the, the influence you've been in my life. And please give my love to your mom, Brenda. She's amazing. It. She doesn't forget my birthday. Thank you very well, much. I'm going to do better, man. <laughs> All our friends, thank you for being a part of the Influencers Podcast. Remember to be inspired, to influence in your neighborhood, and be influential in the nations. You're called to be salt and light in a dark world and keep on shining keep on loving because love never fails we hope you enjoyed this episode of the influencers podcast on the charisma podcast network if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet please be sure to hit the subscription button you can help us to reach more people and bring more great guests onto our program by giving us a five-star rating and writing a short review about how this podcast has personally impacted you. We love to read your comments. You can also follow us at The Influencers Podcast Official on all social media channels. You can stay up to date and hear more inspirational content and continue to unlock your full potential as an influencer. Remember, folks, use your influence to move people closer to Jesus and his mission.